I'm your host, Rabbi Linda Schreiner Khan, and welcome to Tehillah Talks, where teens engage in honest conversation with their rabbi about what it means to be Jewish in the world today. Good morning, and welcome to Tehillah Talks. It's the last edition of 2020 of this amazing conversation that I continue to have with the teens and young adults of uh, Congregation Tehillah. Uh, Natasha, you're not a teen anymore. And I welcome uh, Abby Baum, Helena McHugh, Natasha Reach, and Bernie Waldman to the broadcast. And uh, you're all in different stages. So I can't, you know, I think the tendency of someone who's a gray beard, not that I have a beard, but who's gray haired like myself is to put all of you into the same um, silo. And that's really not fair. So we'll try to unpack some of that and, uh, and have a conversation as we reflect back on this, on this year. And um, beginning, I want you to, to think about this in the following way. It just so happens that this coming Shabbat, we finish the book of Genesis. And um, the book begins with um, the image of the creation of the world. Six days, God created the world and everything in it. And on the seventh day, God rested and named that day Shabbat, right? And there are those that take it literally, which we in this call, I believe, do not. However, the sense of it being a macro vision, a large vision of creation where everything comes out of chaos into some kind of order and then sort of dumps it on our hands as human beings to, to take it to the next step is how we begin. And then this week, uh, this coming Shabbat, we end the book with a, a death, deathbed uh, vigil around Jacob's bedside as he offers blessings to all of his sons. And the very end of the book is the death of Joseph with the request that his bones be returned to his homeland. So that's very personal, very intimate, very micro, right? So we go from this exceedingly large vision to one that is very small and intimate. And I think that's a really good way to begin to reflect on this past year where the macro events have been incredible. And uh, I am sure it has impacted each and every one of us on a very personal level. So let's start with the big stuff. You know, when you look at Pat at this year, what do you see? What for you is the big stuff? I'm going to start with Bernie. Bernie, what for you is the big stuff this year? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say like one one thing. It doesn't have to be one thing. Yeah, I started yeah. with creation, which had a whole lot of stuff going on. So, hey, go for right. it. Go for the the multitude, the many yes, facets. I mean, so much happened this year, but I mean, th- I think we can obviously say the whole global pandemic that we're living through still. <laughs> Definitely, that was a big thing. I think the election this year was really big and, and historic and important. I mean, you can even think back to like much earlier in the year to like the, all the wildfires that we were worried about in California and in Australia too, that destroyed so much land. 
And then also all of the social change and action that was being taken, like the Black Lives Matter movement and all of those protests. So it was, it was definitely a big year, just to name a few of the things that happened. Right. So I'm going to ask each of you to, if you want to go deeper into where Bernie started us, Natasha, go for it. The hard act to follow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if if you want to focus in on one of those, that's fine. I think Bernie put a lot of it out there. Not all of it, but a lot of it. It's it's really quite. I'm actually finding it quite difficult to remember this year. I wonder if it's a particular aspect of of how it's existed and how it's moved through my brain. Obviously, a lot about the pandemic. I, I'm. It's honestly quite hard for me to to remember what's gone on because I, I, th- I think so... that's a fair statement. I think if for many of us, it's just like so much. Yeah. That where I do guess... we put it all? I'm gonna. So I'll leave it with you for a moment, and you want to come back to you and. Uh, Abby, you you want to say something? Go ahead. Really quickly, I think when I do think about this year, what sticks like very strongly, I think, is both the protests against police brutality against Black people in this country. And I think the way that March and April and May stretched in this awful, awful way, um, just thinking about every time I looked at an article about New York hospitals, I think particularly when New York was the epicenter, just to be very selfish in this sense. But there's something, I think those two events for me, I find it very hard to think back on them without feeling very emotional. And I guess then for me, that's that's the macro events I think about. Abby, Helena, which which one of you wants to go first? Helena, go for it. I sort of think of this year as one of personal growth. I think focusing on the pandemic it has definitely isolated a lot of us more than we usually would be. And so a lot of, we've had a lot of time to reflect on our own, reflect on what's happening around us. And also our beliefs and values have been called into question and challenged this year, whether we have empathy for the suffering now, whether we reach out and give more than we take and give back and, I think this year has been more about thinking and reflecting than doing necessarily since we're all cooped up. But I think definitely progression and growth. Abby? I think that's true. The self-reflection has been a really big thing this year. Obviously, the pandemic for me, I would say I I would say I'm relatively involved with politics. So the election was a pretty big thing. So I don't know, just like for the it's been more than the past year, but like just everything happening, like coming down to one candidate. But yeah, I would say that those were probably big. Would you all say that, yes, you're, you know, if you think of a volcano, right? When a volcano erupts, the lava flows in many different directions and some of it is expected and some of it is unexpected. And I think that the pandemic in some ways, the election was sort of a piece of that volcanic eruption because you start a primary campaign with how many, 30, was it 30 people running for the Democratic nomination, something like that? Like some, 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 some really enormous number, right? And we end up with an election of white beard against white beard. Let's just leave it that way, which is not what I think many of us expected. So it, flow, it flowed in a direction that was not where we expected it to go. And then uh, Black Lives Matters exploded, 
And it, it's interesting. I just want to bring it to the fore because it's not that we didn't know, but the curtain, there was this, always been this sort of curtain that, we, that if you are white and, and middle class, you could say, well, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not racist and just keep on trucking. And the curtain got pulled down and it's like, Mm-mm, can't do it anymore. Our privileges are privileged. Just walking around white is a whole different ballgame. And we saw it up close and personal. That was one thing this year that was striking. And I think for many people, frightening because they had to face a number of issues. And then, you know, as if that isn't enough, you put on top of that, a pandemic that is keeping us all at home and nervous about people that we care about, uh, whether it's not about ourselves, it's about others, or others worrying about us, and you think, well, why are you worrying about me, uh, kind of thing, which is that introspective piece. And then what Bernie sort of referred to with the fires and the weather, we had more hurricanes this year, Mm -hmm. that they ran out of the ability to name the hurricanes, So when you look at this year, it is of quote-unquote biblical proportions, right? It's like so much. Yeah. And yet, and yet, so I'm I'm framing it really big, but it, it, this is a moment of seismic change. And I expect the next year to be one where we are going to have to do, you less so than people in my age cohort, But I think everybody, to be honest, will have to do more heavy lifting to make the world a better place because now everything is exposed. And what I've left out is anti-Semitism. I will share with you that when I was a rabbinic student, I had a teacher who told us that there was anti-Semitism. Look, look at this chart. It's gone down. It, It doesn't exist. In just another five years, it will disappear. Guess what? Not true. Unfortunately, hate lies in the shadows. And then every once in a while, on a regular basis, (laughs) it reappears. And so we have Islamophobia, we have anti-Semitism, we have racism. It's here, it's present, it's exposed. So this is the environment, the way we behave, our health. It's like all, all out for us to see. And here you are, the next generation, who are about to take up the mantle of the world. Uh, and you say, I guess my question is, what do you say all this that's coming out of this volcano? And which stream do you want to follow? If there's any of, of the stream, before we get to the personal, I want to, which of the, these streams really engages you and says, I know I can't, I can't address everything, but this is really what I want to address. This is really where I want to go. So I'll start with you again, Bernie. Which, which stream really speaks to you, says, this is where I want to put my energy? Well, you're putting me on the spot. I think, Helena, if you're going to say something, <laughs> I'm happy to have you go first. <laughs> so I can think about this a little bit. <laughs> Anybody else want to just have, have something? Yes, Helena. Um, I was just going to say, like the fact that something like anti-Semitism isn't necessarily on the forefront of all of our minds right now, I think is with all these things happening over the past year, we've been forced to choose and prioritize what we, like the causes that we care the most about and what we choose to dedicate our energy and time to. 
And that simultaneously sort of pushes the other things to the back of our mind, or we maybe even forget about them. And so this year sort of has really called into question what we want to prioritize, but it's been sad that with all these things happening, we've had to choose and sort of lay them next to each other and so the question is, I mean, if if instead of saying racism is one pot and Islamophobia or anti-immigrant, which is not the same thing, please don't think I'm saying it's the same thing, and racism are all in the same, are in different pots, then we can't begin to address when we begin to realize that the root of all of this is is comparable and, and there's not a, it's not an either or, it's a yes and, maybe we can begin to address it in a different way. But yes, I agree with you. It's, 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 it's overwhelming. But I still want to know, you know, after Natasha has led a reading group and I, I said, is willing to take that up again. So I think, you, you each have done different things. Bernie, I know you're involved in environmental issues. And Helena has been doing research and speaking about the pandemic. And Abby's... In, so you, you have already begun to stick your toes into various places. So I'm just sort of saying, where, is that where you want to go forward? And, and is it that plus something else? I'm pushing. I know. <laughs> Natasha, you want to say something? I feel like something I've been thinking a lot about this year is wealth distribution. And I think in particular, like something that my friend talks about a lot and that, or that stuck with her and therefore has stuck with me is sort of on my college campus, the idea that all the low income students pass around the same $20 and that there's, it's rare to see students from higher income brackets enter into that redistribution. So I think that's something I think obviously we all probably think a lot about charity and philanthropic giving. And I think something that I've been thinking about differently this year with that, I think specifically because of the pandemic and also the Black Lives Matter movement and all the other sort of like things that people were talking about as that came up is the idea of direct giving to people who need it within your community as well and and not moving through like larger channels and charities. And I think that's something I want to bring in to, to my life as much as I can. And I think it's quite hard, especially to really think about, to realize that your wealth is not your own, even if that's what you are told or supposed to understand and how to, how to rethink about what you need and what's left over to give and expanding that larger than maybe you would think. So I think that's something I've been thinking about a lot that I want to bring into to my life as I move forward. Right. And the other thing that's been exposed is, is the inequities in healthcare. I mean, my goodness, right? when you were talking about April and March, March and April in New York, that was also laid bare. Bernie, I put, I, you were going to say, and so go for it. And Yeah, it's tricky because we've said how like separating all these things can be overwhelming because you have to like choose one, right? But I also see... Like every, all of these things, all these issues we were talking about are also so connected. And that's also kind of overwhelming because we're facing such big issues. But just to focus in on one thing that I, I want to be more conscious about my impact on the environment and not just like, not just in like, you know, buying recycled paper or small things like that, but also like choosing with every decision I make, like trying to consider could I be making a better choice? Like, what will 
we as humans need to consider as we're moving forward to stop this. And I've started to do that do that more, but I want to continue and uh, try to take that into more aspects of my life. Thinking about what I can do, like who I can support, what what should be supported, all that kind of stuff. Helena? Well, what the virus has, well, the pandemic has really brought into my life is a newfound love of immunology, working in my lab and researching. But aside from that, I would agree with Bernie that environmental issues are really crucial right now to study and focus on. And that um, forming in, in my school coalitions about sustainability and joining new ones, I think is one thing that I definitely want to focus on in the new year and bring more into my life. I will echo with you that environmental issues impact economic issues. These are all, they're all together, but if you follow what your where your heart goes, you'll find yourself possibly collaborating with others whose interest is aligned, but not necessarily exactly the same. So that, I guess that's sort of where I'm pushing you. Abby, not to leave you out, but what's your thought? What is the thing that is propelling you in the year ahead or going forward? Um, I would say I am very... I've paid attention to this a lot, but just like the division, this is a very like broad thing, but just the way people see each other and like the division between like either politically or racially or like just that. And I think it stems from like just a lack of education and like understanding. So for me, like, I don't know what it really like means, like how to do this, but something that like I think about a lot is how to like bring bring people together in a way and like not necessarily like convince people that like you're right and that they're wrong or whatever but just like learn how to like accept different beliefs and understand that like I don't know that it's people have different opinions so creating bridges if I was gonna yeah yeah and I think one of the things that has happened in these last number of months is because we're we do things uh, this way using Zoom, where we see each other's faces uh, across uh, an electronic media. We choose the communities that we want to do this with. And so our ability to interact with people almost accidentally is reduced. When you're not riding on the subway, which I love about New York is it is this great mediator. You are together with other people and then the subway stops and it gets stuck in the middle of the tunnel. And there you are with these strangers. And all of a sudden you begin to have a conversation, or at least I do. My kids give me a hard time for that. But yes, at least I do. And then you create momentary connections. And now we're wearing masks and we can't smile at each other and we can't greet one another. And so it really, I think, makes us much more, as we began this conversation, as um, more introspective in a way. So. That's my next question. What what have you learned about yourself that's been so like, oh, I, I, I didn't realize that that, that that really mattered to me. Besides an area of study, Helena, which clearly you've articulated. But what about yourself did you go, oh, yeah, that, that, that matters. That's important to me. That micro moment. Anybody? I'm pushing again. I can say... Um... Something I, I really missed being home and everything that 
was uh, music. And it's maybe not like the biggest, most important thing, but being pretty much not able to play music with other people, which I already like didn't get to do that much. But especially this year, I was hoping to be able to do more. So it was, it was, yeah, it was kind of disappointing not being able to do that and being so isolated, <laughs> like musically isolated. Um, so so let me push a little bit. What does music give to you? I mean, like you were saying, micro connections. I feel like when you, when I am playing music with someone else and we're both having a good time, that's, or like, I guess usually it'd be in a group, like at school, you're creating something like amazing and beautiful if if you are hopefully you are and if you are that is a connection that you've made and it's a really great moment and it's something lost if you're just in your house by yourself and something lost even if even if you're creating music by like sending recordings back and forth and recording over each other it's it's cool but it's not the same <laughs> it doesn't make that same connection for sure Natasha I don't know. I don't think this is a good thing, but I realized how bad I am at keeping up virtual friendships, just how truly awful I am at it, how much I hate phone calls and how hard it is for me to feel connected to someone who I'm not seeing. And I think in some ways that's made me realize that I think my my friendships are very personal and close and that's why they function so much better when I'm in person with someone but I, I think sadly, I still really haven't figured out yet how to, how to do it now. So I don't know if that's, I think maybe we were looking for no, no, I think that's, things, but not necessarily. I think it's something you've learned about yourself is that you're somebody who works well in person and that, and that, that may be in a work setting as well as in a friendship setting that, and which is actually somewhat unusual, generationally speaking, I want to say, I know. Many of the young people I work with, including my own family, uh, text is the way to go. If you want to have a phone call, text first, and maybe we'll have a phone call. Maybe we'll have a FaceTime. But yeah, uh, so I think the need for that human interaction, that's, that's not a negative. It's just a reality. Abby? Um, this kind of like opposes what Natasha said, but I think what I learned about myself is that I really value being alone and just like having time to like be by myself and like have, I don't know, just that time. And I've always like known that, that like I am more introverted and like all of that. But this year, like having so much time by myself, I don't know, it just showed me like how important that was. And obviously like spending time with other people is very important. And like, I don't mean it as in like, I like, I don't speak to anyone anymore, but this year definitely really showed me how much I value just like having time to by myself to do like peaceful things that I find peace, like find good for myself. So finding out a little bit more about who you are and how you operate in the world. Not, not, not an unimportant piece. Helena. Yeah. Sort of in that same vein, I think that I've learned more about my beliefs, my like religious political beliefs, but also just sort of about life and how I see like our purpose in life. And I think that was, well, I, I've been alone a lot this year as we all have. And also this was facilitated by my philosophy class, but um, I think that just in light of the events this year, my school in particular has sort of had us engage in more difficult conversations and 
that's been carried over to sort of my friends. And usually I stay away or sort of don't, don't put forth an opinion. I, I just I listen in these discussions, but I think this year I've started to engage more. And in doing so, I think I've figured out what I believe. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. And it's not, it's a beginning, right? So one of the things that happened recently, we had a conversation about friendship. And um, I think the older participants had a different lens than the one much younger participant who is post-college. And this notion of how do we get friends, right? And the way that we get friends when we're your age and a little bit older is you hang out together. You find out what your commonalities are and you reveal secrets to one another. That, and it's interesting that the, this is already in, in Jewish writing, right? The first thing you do, how do you f- acquire a friend? You eat, you drink, you read, and you study together. That's how you acquire friends. And this time has been really hard for that. Have you developed new and different friendships? Have your, has the nature of your friendships changed? You know what I mean? Who's showing up and what are you doing together? And how, how is that? We're going to be in this. Let's be honest. We're probably going to be in this in some form until the summer. Let's be really honest about that. So we, you know, like we're <laughs> a little bit more than halfway there, I hope. I don't know, but maybe just halfway there. So how are we going to keep going? What tools have you got to keep going in this? Are your, well, and are your families giving you any tools? Let me put it that way too. I, th- I think for sure we're, we have to count ourselves lucky for all the tools that we, we do obviously have. I mean, I can't imagine if this happened like 50, 60 years ago, like the only communication you'd have would be a f- like a phone call. <laughs> like you'd never even see anyone. Um, so I think we definitely, we definitely rec- have to recognize how lucky we are to just have like FaceTime or Zoom or Google Meet, whatever we're using. Something, I, th- I think my friends have been pretty good about staying in contact. We will get on like voice calls sometimes. We play like video games or just random online games together. Um, and we've also, we've, like we've set up these certain days where we'll all get on a call and like present something we're passionate about. And everyone just like watches these random presentations about random stuff. So like we have all these all these things that we can use to stay to get connected and stay together. And then also occasionally like you can go outside and go on a walk. You know, I've done that a couple of times with my friends. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, like we have to stay inside the whole time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we're, we're lucky we have all this stuff and I've been using it somewhat, but I could definitely, you know, stand to use it more <laughs> going forward. So, but what you touched on though was this notion of everybody presenting something from their own perspective. And I think that I just want to hold on to that for a moment. That in this arena of uh, being on Zoom or online together, it's a really powerful way to do that because you see each other's faces. I can, you know, even though uh, Abby's sort of in the shadow right now, but I can sort of see the expressions on your faces when when something I say hits the mark and it doesn't. And so there's a different kind of interaction. It's a different kind of collaboration. And, and maybe that's something we take away, which leads me to my next question. What is a takeaway from this year? Something you really want to say, this nugget, 
this piece I really want to hold on to because it's given me so much power. And Abby, beyond you learning how to be by yourself or realizing that you're a little bit of an introvert, what else? (laughs) What else? There's something else. So I'm going to start with you, Abby. What else? Besides being liking your own company, what else are you taking away from this year? I would say we kind of touched on this a little earlier, but just like the importance of recognizing my privilege and like how, I mean, I don't really want to put it this way, but like how much easier I have it than other people just for like reasons that are out of my control and out of their control. And I think understanding that and understanding how I can like help in a way, I don't, that's, it's obviously hard to help, but what I can do with that privilege to help people who don't have that privilege. Yeah. Okay. Helena. Yeah. Sort of a better last conversation too. I think I've been recognizing like the importance of friendship and connections a lot more now. I, it's like surprisingly, I realized that I've actually been more connected to my friends and closer to them this year because of the pandemic more than ever, which it's because of like making the effort to reach out and yeah, actually making the effort versus going about everyday life and going to school. And, but yeah, I just think making connections that we should, and also that we normally would not have has been a very important like force to guide me through this. Natasha. Um, Mine is very small, but I think I realized this year how important it is for me to attend high holiday services and to actually take the day off to do Yom Kippur. And since I entered college, I haven't come back for services and I haven't fasted for Yom Kippur or taken the day off or gone to services at school. And I think this year, partially just because of the way my course schedule worked out, but I, I hope that if I hadn't had the unofficial day off that I would have taken it and just how important it was for me to have Yom Kippur and to have Rosh Hashanah and especially to sit with my mom and share that with her. I think for me, it has been a reconnection um, with, I don't want to say my Jewish faith because I don't think that is true. I think it is really much more a very small specific connection with the high holidays and what it means to take that time, even when you don't get that time off officially because... So, so... The holidays is a time of introspection, right? Yeah. So that it's it's a space. It's the need for the space. I'm gonna leave it that way without without going into to <laughs> to the religious piece of it. But mm-hmm. but having that space is very it it's powerful. It's a it's a and the older you get, the more you need it. <laughs> <I'm just gonna laughs> yeah, I am realizing that. I think that has been true for me. And I think also seeing Yom Kippur as a time to to connect with myself from the past year. Like, I think I'm going to try to start writing myself letters for each Yom Kippur that I can read back on. And I'm looking forward to having that. I don't journal or anything like that, but I think Yom Kippur really offers that opportunity of reflection in a way that I've never connected with, with like New Year's or anything like that. Bernie, a takeaway. Yeah, I feel like if there's if there's one thing to take away from this year, it's, it's not to take anything for granted even I mean we can all recognize here that like Abby said you know we have a lot of advantages and a lot of people have had it a lot worse this year but even so it felt like a pretty crappy year (laughs) so (laughs) 
So not not taking the things we have for granted and and recognizing what we do have, even when we're having a good time, you know, recognizing why we're having why we have what we have and and recognizing that other people don't have that and knowing that we can always like be taking action to to help other people and also that that's what I'll say. Well it's it's I think for all of us it's been a hard year. And and what I want to say is that uh I feel very blessed to be part of this to heal a community because I feel that everybody knows it's hard for all of us, including me. And so I feel supported in the work that I do, which is that interactive collaborative piece, how important it is, and also how to ask for help when you need it. That's another piece that's really important, that we're not in this alone. And um, having this, this, um, this medium, it's an interesting thing that happened, was uh, it opened up an opportunity for my fellow clergy who were ordained by the same school I was. We meet once a week online. And sometimes we talk about practical stuff and sometimes we talk about other stuff, but we've created a space that I don't think is going to disappear when this is all over. And it's, they're, they're from all over the country that come together online. And some of us are friends and some of us are acquaintances and some have, ne- have never met before because we're all ordained at different moments. So I think that's one of the things I want to take away is the power of this medium and the ability to use it in a, in a connecting fashion. Abby, you want to say something? Go for it. Um, yeah, kind of similar to that. I would say something like very good that's come out of this year. I have always been like very, my family is very close, but like because we live all across the country, so we can't like interact the way that we'd like. And like because similar to how you guys like talk every week, we've been able to like do things together that like just we weren't doing before, like we never thought to do before. And like things like Zoom, Satyrs, and just like what a lot of people did, but just like having like over the weekend, like doing art projects together or just like talking, stuff like that. I really like. I think that's really, that's been a really nice part of my year, connecting with them in a way that I've never like done that before. So it, it goes back in a way to Hillel's, Hillel's dictum. If I, if I don't care, you know, if I'm not for myself, who am I? If I'm only for myself, what am I? And that's a piece of self-care of connecting with, with your family, being grateful for what you have, and then going out and doing what needs to be done. Uh, we began this conversation with the vastness of it all. We ended on a much more micro level. And I just want to ask if you have any closing thoughts, one, you know, one shot, a sentence or two, what you're hoped for for the coming year for the world. You know, what would you like to see? Abby, I'm going to go in al- alphabetical order. Abby, go for it. What do you hope to see in the coming year? I think I hope to see more connection between people. And right now that means through Zoom, but hopefully in the future that'll mean more physical connections. Yeah. Bernie. Yeah, very generally, I think less division, less hate. We can always use that. It helps with every problem there is in the whole So let's put it in the positive. How would you put that on the positive? More unity and more understanding and caring for other people. (laughs) Okay, we'll do it that way. Helena. Yeah, I also think like making more of an effort to engage in movements and friendships and in communities that we actively want to be involved with. Also, just I hope that health is sort of returned to a normal state. And bring us home, Natasha. 
Death of the billionaire class. <laughs> That's what I want. Well, or or more people giving money the way uh, uh, Bezos's ex-wife is giving money away directly to organizations without boards and just giving it away to colleges and places that need help. So those who can should do. But yes, less financial inequality is what Natasha hopes for. Yes. Again, putting it in the positive. <laughs> Thank you all so much for this, this important conversation. And as my mom would you say, slide well into the new year. May 2021 be a better year for everybody as we uh, wind our way through. And uh, we are always, always stronger together than we are separately. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Tehillah Talks. For more information about Tehillah, go to congregationtehillah.org. Tune in next time when our teens continue to reflect on issues of the day through a Jewish lens.